Good morning. Well, with the temporary ending of all public services, we've been called to find new ways of being and doing church. And over the coming weeks, you're going to see lots of videos and lots of new podcasts popping up as we all grapple with this new reality which COVID-19, or the coronavirus, has sadly ushered in. For my part, I thought it might be nice to just record today's morning prayers and maybe a little thought among the text so that even though we might be far away from one another, we could yet pray together. So today I'll be using the service for daily prayer as laid out in the prayer book and also on the Church of Ireland's prayer app. And if you'd like to join in, please do feel free to to just pray with me and of course pray for me just as I pray for you. We begin with a sentence of scripture from Psalm 51, verse 17. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, Make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be for ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The psalm appointed for this morning, Psalm 39. I said, I will keep watch over my ways, so that I offend not with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle, while the wicked are in my sight. So I held my tongue, and said nothing. I kept silent, but to no avail. My distress increased, my heart grew hot within me. While I mused, the fire was kindled, and I spoke out with my tongue. Lord, let me know my end and the number of my days, that I may know how short my time is. You have made my days but a hand's breadth, and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. Truly, even those who stand upright are but a breath. We walk about like a shadow, and in fain we are in turmoil. We heap up riches and cannot tell who will gather them. And now, what is my hope? Truly, my hope is even in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions, and do not make me the taunt of the fool. I fell silent, and did not open my mouth, for surely it was your doing. Take away your plague from me, I am consumed by the blows of your hand. With rebukes for sin you punish us, like a moth you consume more beauty. Truly, everyone is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. And give ear to my cry, hold not your peace at my tears. For I am but a stranger with you, a wayfarer as all my forebears were. Turn your gaze from me, that I may be glad again, before I go my way and am no more. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be for ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis, 
Chapter 45, beginning in the first verse. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine which has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither ploughing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry, and go up to my father, and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honoured in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them, and after that his brothers talked of him. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. Pharaoh and his servants were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this. Load your animals and go back to the land of Canaan. Take your father and your households and come to me, so that I may give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you may enjoy the fat of the land. You are further charged to say, Do this. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Give no thought to your processions, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did so. Joseph gave them wagons according to the instruction of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. To each one of them he gave a set of garments, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five sets of garments. To his father he sent the following, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. Then he sent his brothers on their way, and as they were leaving he said to them, Do not quarrel along the way. So they went up out of Egypt, and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. And they told him, Joseph is still alive. He is even ruler over all the land of Egypt.
he was stunned. He could not believe them. But when they told him all the words of Joseph that he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Israel said, Enough! My son Joseph is still alive. I must go and see him before I die. Amen. Our canticle this morning, the Song of Isaiah. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nations. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Sion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Our second reading is from the first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. Now, concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through him are all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and we're no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So by your knowledge, these weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat, so that I may not cause one of them to fall. Amen. And we say together the Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has come to his people and set them free. The Lord has raised up for us a mighty Saviour, born of the house of his servant David. Through the holy prophets God promised of old to save us from our enemies, 
from the hands of those who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath God swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hand of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous before him all the days of our life. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of all their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. May the words of my lips and the thoughts of my heart be always pleasing in your sight, O Lord my God. Amen. In our Old Testament reading this morning, we have this wonderful scene of a reunited family and the healing that comes with forgiveness. But there's more to it. Joseph, of course, had suffered greatly at the hands of his brothers, In Genesis 37, we read about how they attacked him, threw him down a well, and how they even sold him into slavery. And then we read how they sought to cover it all up by smearing some blood on the famous multicoloured coat and pretending that Joseph must have been killed by some wild beast. It's fair to say this was no ordinary family feud. Of course, Joseph's journey didn't end there. He rises from the depths of Egyptian slavery, and in a story that could rival anyone's up in Stormont, he leaves behind the prison cell to become one of the most senior government officials in ancient Egypt. Through God's gifts, which had helped him understand dreams and under God's watchful care, Joseph, this powerless victim, became the powerful governor over the land something akin to a modern agriculture minister. And not only that, but he seems to have been one of Pharaoh's closest advisers. After all, in Genesis 41, verses 41 to 45, we see Pharaoh giving Joseph his own signet ring, dressing him in the finest linen robes, and Pharaoh even puts this great gold chain of office around his neck. He declares that no one would lift hand or foot in Egypt except at Joseph's command. High praise indeed. But despite all of this, Joseph was still deeply hurt by what his brothers had done to him. That's why when they come back into his life years later, in Genesis 42, begging for food during a large famine, he toys with them. He plays games with them, awful games, which see them thrown into prison, accused of theft, and even expecting the death penalty. And this all goes on for two whole years. And to be honest, Joseph doesn't come out of it looking too good. But while they undoubtedly caused his brothers to live in a state of constant fear and panic over what this mean Egyptian was going to do to them next, And while it also caused them to reflect on their mistreatment of Joseph all those years ago, which we can presume is what Joseph hoped would happen, these tricks nonetheless had a very serious toll on Joseph himself. Five times, 
Five times we read how he breaks down in tears, often having to leave the room before sobbing uncontrollably. In our text this morning, verse 2 tells us that he finally broke down and confessed his true identity. The wailing was so loud that everyone in the whole house could hear him. Revenge? Well, it had felt good. He'd made his brothers understand something of the hurt he had felt as a boy. The fear he had experienced as a youth when they betrayed him and sold him as a slave. But Refenge couldn't resolve the emotional pain. Healing required coming to terms with what had happened. And that's what we see happening in our text. Joseph, finally cracking under the strain, reveals his true identity to his brothers in verse 3. And in doing so, he allows a new relationship to be created. One based in honesty and fraternity. He dispels his brother's fears, telling them, Do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because the time for revenge has passed. Now it's a time for forgiveness. Why? Well, it's because Joseph has finally realised that his story is part of the much bigger plan of God. He realises that those brothers had intended to harm him, God had intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Everything he had suffered, everything he had gained, all of it, good and bad, was part of God's plan for good. And with that, all the pain, all the anger, the hurt, was all gone, released after all those years And reconciliation was finally possible. This reunion would of course open the door for the twelve brothers to once again become one family. And in time it would allow their descendants to become one nation of twelve tribes living in Egypt. All of which will of course lead us nicely into Exodus. But more than all of that, Joseph's story teaches us the importance of dealing with our emotional pain and the hurt that we may experience at the hand of others. Now, okay, we might not get thrown down a well. We probably won't get sold into slavery by our family. But each of us will have memories that haunt us. And each of us will know the pain that comes from a betrayal or a broken heart. But knowing that God is with us, even in the pits of our despair, knowing that no matter what evil others might do to us or how much they might seek to hurt us, physically or emotionally, that God will ultimately take their malice and use it for good, and good not just for you and I, but for the whole world, well, that all helps. It all points us beyond those negative memories and on towards a better future which God is preparing for us. So today, let's remember that we have a God who cares for us, a God who is with us in the bad times, and who can help us overcome our pain, forgive our enemies, and even heal our wounds from the inside out, just as he did with Joseph. And let us no longer look to our painful memories or past hurt for meaning or identity. But instead, let us look to the great God who works for our good and who offers us hope 
for a better and blessed future. Amen. And now we express our shared faith by saying together the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Loving Father, you have reconciled us to yourself in Christ. By your Spirit, you enable us to live as your sons and daughters. And we pray for all those close to us, for parents, for brothers, sisters, children, friends and neighbours. We pray for all those who are struggling at this time, who are afraid, who are worried about sickness, about their work, about schools, about our government. And we pray, Lord, that this time would be an opportunity for them to take stock of their lives, to recognise the strength that exists in the family, to recognise the peace that can be found at home. Yet, Lord, we also pray for those who struggle with family issues, for those like Joseph who feel betrayed, who feel hurt, who feel estranged from their loved ones. We pray that your healing would be with them. We pray that your grace would be with them. We pray, Lord, for all those who feel unloved and for all those who seek to minister to them at this time. Loving Father, we give you thanks for the obedience of Christ fulfilled in the cross, his bearing of the sin of the world, his mercy for the world, which never fails, for the joy of loving and being loved, for friendship, the lives to which we are bound, the gift of peace with you and with one another, for the communities in whose life we share, and all relationships in which reconciliation may be known. Help us to share in Christ's ministry of love and service to one another, through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who in the unity of the Holy Spirit is one with you forever. Amen. The Collect of the Day Merciful Lord, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh and the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the first collect at morning prayer. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, 
To know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your protection, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.